Welcome to the Countdown Podcast. We're going to review 3,000 years of longing for you today. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Straight into it then for this 2022 fantasy film, which is just, well, apparently it's a fantasy film, directed by George <laughs> Miller and written by he and his daughter, Augusta Gore slash Miller. Oh. Yeah. And is adapted from a short story, well, a series of short stories, I believe, called The Gin in the Nightingale's Eye by A.S. Byatt. Okay. All right, this one, music by Tom Holkenborg. It just came out that. September 1st in Australia. With big thanks to Sean Collins for the invite to the advanced screening of this one. Loving Sean and Buzz Marketing. Thank you, folks. Thank you very much. The budget, Wayne, as per usual, what do we, what do we reckon this one was worth? Hmm. Locations aren't massive. Stars are. How about 50? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. $60 million. There you go. And 108 minutes long. So far, the box office return, yeah. $4.8 million only. Huh? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, it's only just opened in, in Australia. It's been out for a week or so in the States. Did not do well at the box office, but we'll come back to that in just a moment, Wayne. What is this one about? Okay. 3,000 Years of Longing follows an academic, uh, Tilda Swinton, played by Tilda Swinton. She is enjoying her life, which she has very much together. Her professional life is aces. Her personal life is quiet, but she likes it that way. And while on a business trip to Istanbul, she picks up this like beautiful souvenir bottle, gets the bottle back to the hotel, discovers it's occupied by a handsome djinn, D-J-I-N-N, which is some kind of genie. Genie. And it's a, that's, of course, Idris Elba. He's desperate to give her everything a heart desires. But Paul, she already has everything a heart desires. So she ain't got shit to wish for. So the two sit down and talk about his 1,000-year lifespan, and that's the movie. 3,000 years. 3,000? Yeah. Hence, 3,000 years of longing. <laughs> yeah, that would make more sense. 3,000-year <laughs> lifespan. Uh, that's mostly the movie. Yeah, so uh, there it is. So on day one, this only took $1.4 million and debuted to $3 million from 2,436 theatres in the United States and Canada. On Rotten Tomatoes, this has an average score of 6.5 out of 10 with 71% of 200 critics giving it three stars or above. Metacritic has it a 61 out of 100 based on 50 critics. And audiences on CinemaScore gave it a B on the A plus to F scale. But what the hell's going on here? Well, I'm very interested, Wayne, and we might as well just get into it then. What did you think of 3,000 Years of Longing? Right. Okay. Well, uh, folks, if you're going to see this show, I should tell you, fair warning, the trailer that you saw is not this fucking movie. Correct. What you think is happening in the trailer is not what this movie is. And okay? I got I to say, trailer was better. All right, so yeah, the trailer makes it look like this fantasy fucking extravaganza, frankly. It looks beautiful, and it is a beautiful movie. Oh, it's very well right. shot, particularly the first and second acts. I yes. think this film really, but how do I say this without giving it away? Yeah. The longer this film goes, the worse it gets. Yeah, so that's this is it. Okay, so look, it's straight up. Once you recognize that, okay, it's a different movie to the trailer, fine. It was beautifully filmed, as we just said. The ideas, the execution of the scenes is wonderfully arty. And clearly the work of an experienced and gifted director, oh, if you ask me. Yes. Okay? Like the, it's just like touches. There's a close-up of, of, of plane wheels coming down. Then it transitions into a cart with wheels mm -hmm. going. You know, just beautiful things like that. All good stuff. Dynamic flair for fantastic visuals. There were moments in the film where I was like, the enchantment of the plot and the movie and the execution have worn off perhaps a little bit. I was noticing at some stage around the late second act, and I'm a little bit Possibly bored yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, that's right. fair. I did not expect the majority of the film to be a storytelling, as opposed to things that were happening in real time. It wasn't a flashback, you know what I mean? 
Um, well, I wasn't sure what to expect. I've just seen that one trailer. Yeah, that one trailer. Just, it, but I thought it was going to be more energetic and action-packed than this film was. It looked like a modern labyrinth, almost. Like yeah, that, that that's trailer. not a bad description so, at all. So, like, that would have been fine in theory, but the stories just went on for some time. I would argue that the Wikipedia description I just read there says this is a fantasy film. It certainly has lots of fantasy elements, but I think this is a romance, this movie, at heart. And therein lies the problem, Paul. Mm. Once, I mean, I, I covered this in the in the in the thing, but so you know, she has no wishes. That's the thing. Yeah, and be careful. Has, we'll be careful. Yeah, spoilers, yeah, yeah, right. We really will get into it. And I think the big, the, my yeah, biggest right. we'll, issues we'll with that. the film, we'll we'll have to say for spoilers. But the concept of a person who is learned, she's a narratologist. Is that yeah, what? Which her, I didn't know was a thing. I didn't know if there's a just made up. But word. I love that there's a job like that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure there is. I don't <laughs> think there is. She's not. <laughs> She's an academic who studies stories and storytelling and the myths behind stories and all the rest. So that's really interesting to me. That's the coolest thing about the film. The fact that you've got someone who is learned in the idea of wish-making stories and so on. And she's coming at it from this unusual point of view. And so George Miller and and Augusta Gore are really, and I guess based on the original story as well, they're really at pains to to circumvent the normal narrative that a wish-fulfilling story involving a jinn or a genie Involves, which should be commended. Great, all oh, that's that's really good. Absolutely. Then where the film falls down is it does this big transition, and I didn't care, and I didn't think it was at all believable at all based on what had come before it. So for me, there's this moment where the film turns on a ninety degree axis, or you know, turns mm. ninety degrees in a different direction, and I was like, what? Where, where was the inkling of that? I mean, so I'm I, talking vaguely for spoilers, and we will. I, I understand. I understand. I, I, the the idea behind that happening, it did jump a little out of the blue. However, given your your knowledge of the lead character Tilda Swinton and her being like, you know, I have a basically a very solitary life. However, I'm very happy with it. I love my my like my career. Mm-hmm. Pop, 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 pop. For her to then, you know, turn around and make this particular, you know, turn. I don't see that as unusual, given that yeah, she's. Because an... I was like, <laughs> "What have I done to deserve this <laughs> bullshit?" Well, the, I, I would say though that like the problem is 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 that the storytelling structure is the problem with this movie. Okay, I liked the I liked the story. So it, well, no, I don't. I don't mind the story. following the unnamed Jin's journey through his creation, and so there's three basically three stories. So it becomes almost an anthology film, which follows his attempts to be released from the curse of being put into this bottle. Right. And so, first of all, how he gets in the bottle, then a couple of other occasions, moving through that sort of timeline in the Middle East and I guess in and around Turkey and in Istanbul and all yep. the rest of that. Yep. That's fun. That's exciting. It's different. And as you said, George Miller brings this really great eye to things. And if I have a big plus in this film, it's George Miller is a guy who directed all the Mad Maxes. This guy refuses to be pigeonholed. Can I just say, George Miller is a fucking legend for being 75 and still dropping fucking heat like, like this. this. And now he's off making Furiosa. See? How do, you, of- how do you do that? How do you swing so far away? And to me, there was like massive big like, there's big like uh, years between projects. Like you do Mad Max and then it's like fucking a decade or whatever. I'm uh, sure he's doing not stuff quite in the a decade, middle. But yeah, six or, six or seven years. Six or seven years, yep. then he does another piece of that. He's the Daniel Day-Lewis of directors, man. He's like just fucking, he'll do a one every now fucking, It's you almost know. like, you pick, pick your favorite, John uh, John Mayer for you. He does yeah. a concept album of heavy metal. Like, can you imagine that would blow, people would be so pissed off and angry about it. But yet, George Miller manages to straddle these different genres. 
That's true because Babe won like Academy Awards and shit. Yeah, right? Babe and, and he, Happy Feet and shit like that. Shit, he's doing animated stuff as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're he right. He is right. everywhere. He's he across everywhere. almost everything. So, well, the thing I meant about big props. The, yeah, big props. But like what I was saying with, about the about the story telling structure, the stories that are being told by the genie, while interesting, they're purely told from his perspective, and and as a result, it's a challenge to get invested in the extra characters. The, in the in the stories and gain an appreciation for their humanity. But All even, you have is Tilda. But even that's a meta commentary on the film we're watching because it's her story. The, uh, yeah, she's good telling point. that story. Good point. So, and that, and and this whole thing is about storytelling, which I love. Mm. I love the idea that it's a story about a story about a story. But I, I think it's it. It just felt a little bit like forced story time yeah, for me. Okay. You know what I mean, like yep. it, it, was, it was less a, a plot than it was a listen to this. You know, for a while. Yeah, that that was it. I I basically wish it was <laughs> what? Oh yeah. <laughs> I I wish it was more um I guess I wish it was more like the trailer for. I guess I wish I got what I expected, which was this fantastical journey, which on some level it was, but not enough, and then it just dragged. Interesting enough, Shan herself, who I was one of the last people to arrive at the screening, had to work a bit late. Yeah. And you very graciously saved a seat for me. We had a little bit of a chat about it. I said, How is it? Have you seen it? She says, Yes I have. Oh, how is it? And she said not what you're expecting. Don't get into, don't get into trouble. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yeah. but she didn't say it in a bad way. She said like not what you're expecting. Well, that's fair. Yeah. And I say the exact same thing. It isn't what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you, dear listener, go see this film having seen the trailer, and you walk in understanding that this is not the trailer, this movie is not the trailer you saw. I think you have a better time. Yeah, I because think expect, I it had to dawn upon me expect less action and excitement and more. Story and character dialogue and yes, character. Exploration. It's talky. Yep. It's talky as fuck, right? Which is again with some big flourishes, nice directorial flourishes, some some pretty cool looking special effects. Yes, they, they do look CG, but this is all in a fantasy kind of setting. It so was it completely works. apt, and yeah. I think there's a the cinema- color code. The color correction on it is is garish and over the top. That I loved, and I noticed it straight away. Mm. Like he's he's a crafting a cinematic experience at every level, which. Unfortunately, isn't quite enough. It could have been. I, we say this all the time. I think it could have been a bit shorter, right? I think if it's it was a, a bit long. shorter, it's a it just, it, like I said, I, I didn't. If I had that moment where I'm going, this is taking a little time, right? If I hadn't had that moment, I'd like this about ten percent better. So I want to say, I want to say, it's completely George Miller. It's not because there's nothing that's completely no, George that's Miller. That's a really it's all good different. point. But like I said, gorgeous to look at, but by no means a standard Hollywood picture. It's it's not. No. It's and, not and so this is going to be a big box office bomb unless something markedly changes. It's hard to see this film making 90 or it's had almost no advertising, so I can't imagine this film's had a lot of money thrown at the marketing. It hasn't had $60 million dedicated to it for the marketing purposes. So Apparently MGM for distribution picks up only $6 million. So MGM are probably going to make a profit, but I'm not sure where the producers are going to see anything back on this. So um, that interests me. When you see something that comes out like this, with because the trailer was so exciting, wasn't it? Didn't you think it was? And that, Which makes it... I guess circumspect that has dropped into what seems to be this black hole this year of of Hollywood releases, where they're just not releasing anything big, budget or tent poly since Bullet Train, all the way through to Black Adam. It's just this call it a wasteland, if you will, of mid to low budget kind of genre films or dramas that no one's really overly excited about. Well, what interests me is that if because like we didn't know it was perhaps falling short of expectations until we saw it and it hasn't really opened. Has it just opened now? Well, in Australia it has, but it was out last week in the States. Okay. So I guess the, the low turnout means that not much marketing was spent, right? Mm-hmm. And if not much marketing was spent, it means the studio didn't but yeah, have a lot of faith But yeah, they dropped it to 2,500 theatres in, in North America. Which so is... distribution costs a lot of money. Mm, I don't know. Anyway. All right. 
that's our general thoughts. We uh, probably got along what I thought we were going to on that. Yeah. So let's just quickly get into spoilers and uh, see what, what actually bothered us about the end of the film. Let's do it. You can't handle the truth. And the truth is, first act, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So do I. Second act, I'm like, oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Third act, I was like, what the fuck? This is boring and first I don't of, care. You know what it is? As soon as she makes her wish, which is love me. Oh, God. And that's me, what I'm like, saying. I yeah. think it came out of nowhere. Well, the the movie just kind of, it was different after that. It was completely different. Well, it stopped being this fantasy sort of anthology film following the Jin's ride through through creation. Yeah. And started being this really awkward romance that never was convincing to me at all. So this is what it is, right? Yeah, I, I think the, her saying, I want you to love me like you loved whoever, and this is the thing that I want. And now he's a genie, he's compelled to give her that, even though it's him doing it. And that was like, okay, I mean, f- let's let's see where this goes, right? Then she brings him back to the UK. Because he's basically made of... Electromagnetic tra- pulses or something, yep. right? Now, tell me this, Paul. Mobile phones and TV signals and whatever else interfere with him. Well, I thought that what happened was because the, the jar he was in went through the X-ray well, and I'm fucked sure with the electromagnetic thing, right? And then now when he comes out, he can hear all this shit which he couldn't hear in Istanbul. I did. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't yeah. quite clear. I thought that's why they made that Maybe you're right. Like Maybe deal. you're absolutely right. So that, he's that like, does well, sort of follow. Anyway, I bought into that. That fine. This is fucking with him and he can't stay here and he has to leave. And she releases him from her wish and makes whatever other wishes. So it's done. It's dusted. He's allowed to go and live whatever life he can. And then he just comes back and visits her every once in a while. Isn't that nice? And hooray. And we watch them walk. I'm like, what? This is what this this degenerated to? The last half hour of this film, I was waiting the whole time. Mm. I was waiting for this big turn, this big reveal where... Aha! The genie was playing you, or she was playing the genie all along because of her superior knowledge, and it was all like that would have been would have tied everything together in some way, shape, or form. So the last five ten minutes was a bit of a gotcha because I thought the whole point of this film was we are not giving you the beats you expect. Okay, I didn't expect her to suddenly pronounce that I want to be loved. Yeah, but then the film goes on for another 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, this is what because to me the second act ended late. It was a long second act, and then the last 35 minutes was the final act, right? Yep. And that's where kind of it became a very different picture, where she, he just basically stays with her. You find out that he's he's Madge from fucking well. Neighbours and the old woman yes. from Ma- Mad Max Fury Road. Are, that's right. Are oh, shitty old cunty neighbours. Yeah, presumably lesbian neighbours who are having a go at her because she travels around and, and does research on lesser I, cultures. Oh, do you think they were lesbian? Oh, they have to be, don't they? They might just be two old cunts living together. I mean, because they were so they were like no, but they were um they were maybe so, they were sisters. Who knows? But they were so racist and stuff. Yeah. I would have thought that they would be anything but unconventional. Yeah, that's true. You know I mean? Probably. So, yeah, I so, see where you're coming from. So, but I just like the idea that two old ladies have, have you know stuck oh, together, yeah. stuck together so long with their relationship because they are complete cunts. <laughs> that actually is better. But yes, no. The, uh, the well, that's the other thing though. Like, I mean, it becomes such a slice of life after this fantastical first and mm-hmm. second act. That you're just ho hum. Basically, what happens in the third act is he comes back. He's not enjoying it. It turns him to shit because now he has to sleep and he's a gin. Yep. She makes a second wish. I wish you talk to me. And then a final wish is I wish to you for you to be free. And he fucks off. Now the end note is really sweet, right? I'll tell you that he comes back every now and then, and we hang out for a while. But then he leaves. But then he comes back again. That's a bittersweet kind ending, nice kind of thing. Yep. It's a creative high note in terms of like, you know, it looks this way. It makes you feel that way, I guess. But, uh, but to me, even though it turns out she's written this book and this whole description, and yes, it's her narration through the whole film as well, yeah. particularly early on and late. 
Oh, you thought there'd be a layer behind it, which yeah, is like, I thought, actually, boom. Well, because that was seemed to be what the whole point of the story was, which of this film was, that stories, I know stories back to front and we're not going to give you what you want. Whereas this film ends up just being her romance and she got what she wanted, enough of it to be happy and satisfied. Could you, as a writer yourself, um, oh, well, you know. Very generous description, but thank you. Yeah, you know, the flipping writer, whatever. Like, you know, as, as someone who writes himself, dabbles. Would you say... Is, I, couldn't, is, I couldn't write a movie like this, so it's not fair. Yeah, like I, I was thinking, that what would be a, a nice moment for this at the end? It's like, actually, he's still with me right here. This is just my story. And then she walks away and the genie flies off in a carpet and some shit. I don't know. I know what you mean. You wanted a gambit at the end. You wanted to, you wanted to pull the literal rug out of you. you know, it's like, she was so suspicious of him for so long and eventually he wears her down and convinces her he's legitimate. It just felt like, eh, really? There's, there is nothing behind that at all? Or she's not playing him all along in some way that she gets more out of it than... Do you know what I mean? Did you... Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Did you find that his... I found that the methodology of his powers was somewhat like erratic. Yeah. Well, like he's like he the one girl that he's she's like I want knowledge, right? So instead of touching her forehead and giving her all the knowledge, he brings her books. Fucking, I can do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she had to read the but, fucking things as but well. He had asked, he had access to some really good book dealers. Well, <laughs> again. I'm sure we could have made, like, that's not genie shit. Genie shit is a touchy nose, and then all of a sudden you're imbued with knowledge, not, yep. here's some books, bitch. <laughs> Once you spend 10, hours, 10 days, years, whatever, reading, reading that shit. Stuff. Fuck that shit, I can do that. Right? I won't. But yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's, that's, I think that's it. It's, 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 um, yeah, it's just a bit muddled towards the end, and it just yeah. let itself It's not down. a bad film, but I it's don't, a, I don't think it's a great film, film either. It starts well, and it falls away, and, and for me, I guess at the end of the day, I'm left with a little bit of disappointment. I think you'd rather almost start bad and finish well, so you walk out of there on a high. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what the 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 thing is like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the visual execution. This Agreed. is a story problem. This I'm is pretty a, sure this the same guy, problem. great, the same guy who did the cinematography of the Mad Max films, did the cinematography here as well. John. Really, because it's beautiful. Yeah, John Seal. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. It's a it's great to look at, but just. Like I said, if you expect a different movie to the trailer, you'll you'll handle it better. I mentioned Tom Holkenberg as did the score again, the guy from Mad Max Fury Road, Junkie XL. Ah, uh, I thought it's very minimalistic the score here, but a couple of times it really cranked it out. And like the scene where the prince is playing to the most beautiful woman in the world, and he's got the instrument which has extra hands and and drums things. That was interesting, wasn't it? That's what I think. Like that, those are the creative elements. Which yes, are, and that's what I wanted more of. And and then yeah. Well, the thing is, all of that goes away in the final act. Yes, so now you're like, what becomes ho hum yeah, and very like, day, slice of life. Other than the fact that there's this magical being who's not acclimatizing to living in the modern world, which is so. also not very magical, right? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's just everything falls away, and then you have just oh well, he comes back every now and then. Yeah, it ended. It just ended. Didn't it didn't end right? All right, then Wayne, what are you giving it as a final score for three thousand years of longing? Okay, even with all of my gripes, it's a sixty. Oh. What? We've been really, really close. Mine's 58. 58, because it's it's so gorgeous. So, so I can't ignore it. Film. Yeah. If, if it had been more ho-hum shot, probably, and not had all the colour. If it wasn't executed like this, yes. it's fucking might so have failed. A little bit like two weeks in a row in the in our backup of our Idris Elba fortnight. So it's part two of that. Two three-star films for me. I think you're a little bit higher on Beast than I was. So, But yeah. otherwise, we've been pretty close the last three, four weeks. So... There we are. So it's a qualified recommendation. If this sounds like your jam, get into it. But of course, you've already seen it by now if you have. And let us know what you thought of 3,000 Years of Longing or indeed anything else about the show. You can do that via email at thecountdownpodcast.gmail.com on Twitter at thecountdownpc. You can check out their website, thecountdownpodcast.com for our links to all things like Patreon and our Redbubble t-shirt store and not Redbubble, what is it now? 
Uh, it is. It's a Teespring. Well, Teespring. The, count, the countdown. Countdownmerch.com. There we go. Which Wayne created. My apologies. No, no more traffic for you, Red. But we'll fuck off. And <laughs> you can follow us on Podbean, where we host the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been the Soundboard. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. I don't know. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't get that for me in the end. It wasn't quite my bag. Right, we'll catch you next time. See you.